Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Veterans out there that served our country, and thanks for just putting online, make it, give them your best so we can have our best, amen? I just think of my grandpa, he's uh, turned 97 this month and the World War II vet and just the amount of sacrifice uh, that man did just on his own and just imagine everybody here and uh, what you guys have done for this country. I just want to say thank you. You may not feel appreciated. Somebody's going to say thank you, thank you, thank you from real life to you guys. Thank you for making a difference, for serving our country well. We have these freedoms that we can preach the gospel. We can, we can have any opinion, different nationalities, different things, and we can just do something with the freedoms of Christ. Um, so thank you so much for that. We would not be here today literally meeting in a school of all places if it wasn't for you guys. So thank you so much for your veterans. Uh, before I jump to the message, man, I have something bold I want to share with you, uh, something we're going to try doing uh, in January. We're going to do it, but it's going to be trying out something. And uh, I just want to tell you, we're going to uh, do this in January. We're going to a message series. We're going to launch a second gathering for that series. And so, do some. there you go. I didn't know if that was going to come on like, what? Like, what are you guys talking about? So let me explain a little bit. So you're like, what is he talking about? You might not know yet. So uh, this is all new to everybody except for some of our leadership. But on January 20th, we're going to do a series called At the Movies. At the Movies is an amazing series as clips of videos, different stuff. And we kind of preach the themes of those videos. Amazing outreach uh, kind of opportunity. But what we're going to do, we're going to try out for that series and go to two. And it means we have identical services. So you're going to have a, a different one, but they're going to have the same quality and the same experience, same music, same preaching, same message, same everything. And the, this allows us to do a couple things, a couple really important things. Uh, the first thing is this. Our church has grown and grown and grown by the grace of God. And some of those areas in our church have kind of hit capacity. Uh, Diane mentioned our pre-K space. Uh, I don't know about you, but you 18 pre-K in a one room, it gets a little psychotic. Um, <laughs> So, you know, parents are like, I don't know if I want to drop my kid off to this space because it's getting a little crazy up in here. And so uh, it gives us, gives us the ability to create more space. Gives the ability to multiply those different areas. So now we can divide that in half or, you know, 40% or 60%, whatever. Our nursery and Wadler space, man, we love our children, amen. Gets a little crazy, one starts crying, you know how it goes. You know what I'm talking about. It gets a little crazy in there. And so we get to create more space to make a difference. One of the biggest things that really helps uh, when we go to two gatherings is this. It creates a healthier environment for our dream team. Uh, one of the things we struggle with is that when you serve in the kids, you don't get to make it back into the gathering that week. Um, so some people across our team, not just in kids, that don't get to make it in for the worship. You don't get to make it in to experience the things of God. I'm going to tell you from experience and just from watching this, uh, some people get a little burned out, huh? Uh, some people want to invite some friends to church, you know, into the gathering, and they, they can't come, right? Like, they're not going to go hang by themselves in the gathering, so they're not going to make it here. Some people want to sit with their family, amen? Like, sit with your family? Big boys week, so I'm going to sit with you. Just kidding. It's going to work out, right? We want to sit together. We want to make a difference. And so by creating space, uh, by adding an extra gathering, we get to create a healthier environment for everybody. And so I'm really excited about it. So here's kind of what we're going to try out. We're going to try it for a series and just see how it goes. We can do that, right? Just see if, hey, make we make this work. And so to make this work, we set some goals. And so these are kind of big goals, but I think God can do it, and I'm excited for it. And so the first goal is this, that we're going to separate our host team. The host team is the one that sets up everything you see, and we're going to separate it into a setup and a teardown team. Amen? Some of you are on there like, yes. There are guys like, what, what's, what's this? We got guys on that every single week that show up at 6.30, 6.45, and are here until 1 o'clock every single Sunday. And I thank God for you people, amen? I know who you are. You know who you are. I'm not going to say it because you're like, man, I just do it because I do it, and that's what I do. But we need to separate that out be healthier for everybody, amen? 
I did that for a long, 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 long time. And so what we want to do is make a way. There's so many people who come to our church, and I believe we can get more people on the dream team. So that's our second goal, recruiting dream team members. We're looking at picking up 50 to 60 dream teamers. You're like, oh, I'm not on the dream team. He's going to talk to me. Yes, I'm talking to you. Right now, I'm talking to you. <laughs> You're like, yes, I will sign up today. I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. Um, but adding people to our team, this is very possible. We've approached 18 people in the last about two weeks. We have eight people onboarding this, at this very moment, onboarding our team. So it's a very doable goal to get enough people to fully staff two gatherings. And so I believe this is the healthiest way to do church is to add another gathering. Uh, one of the things we're going to do is modify our next steps. I want people to, to have the ability to follow Christ immediately. And so after each of our gatherings, we're going to offer our next steps. So right now we just have it after one and going to two makes it a little difficult because I will not be in there, right? <laughs> I'll be up here. And so we're going to add some stuff like that. Um, we'll be raising additional funds for a few things to go to two, but God's got it. And so if you're here today say, man, how can I help? What's it going to look like to go to two? The first thing is this. You're on the dream team. Man, just commit to worship one and to serve one. Just got to commit. Like, hey, one, one of these times, I'm just going to ride in the worship center. I'm going to sit with my family, and we're going to worship it out. And the second one, I'm just going to serve. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going I'm to stay on. I'm going to go on the host team. I'm going to set up and tear down. I'm going to work with kids. I'm going to make a difference across our church. If you're not on the dream team, all right, you know what to do. Uh, so prayerfully consider joining our dream team. There's a spot for everybody, I promise you. You're a 10 on the scale somewhere. There's something for you. It doesn't have to be some crazy thing. Like, I know, like, pulling the trailer is super early. That may not be for you. Now, if you've got a 2,500 or heavier truck, just let us know. We'll be the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now through that. No, we got really covered, but we do need some help. Um, but just join the dream team. There's so many different spots to serve. Everybody's, everybody fits in somewhere, and it's been so exciting just to release people for their passion and their calling. And so just be a part of that. Uh, if you're investing, inviting in people, keep doing that. Uh, we have an amazing season coming up. Christmas, man, we're, we're, we're announcing that next week of kind of the details of that. But we have some incredible opportunities to bring people out to real life. And I'm telling you, at the movie series, we'll be the most evangelistic, outreach-focused series we'll do all year round. I mean, we're bringing out popcorn in, in here in this space. There'll be soda. You're going to feel like you're walking in the movies. You're going to hear a word from God. And you're going to feel like, man, I want to bring some people out to this. So I'm going to encourage you to put that seed in your mind. Man, start investing and inviting people. And also just be, continue, to be, continue to be generous. You guys have been the most generous church I've been a part of. And I absolutely love it. And so as we launch into two, just know there's going to be extra little things we're going to get. But man, God is incredible. Incredible, and I'm excited about going to this opportunity for us to come together. Amen. Amen. Pull in a new direction and just be a little bold, be a little urgent, and just try it out and see what happens. So I hope you guys are excited about it. That's my little announcement for you. Some of you guys, some of you guys are like, if you're, if you're, if you're waiting to see what happens, go on and watch. We're gonna make it happen. I think I'm just I've been looking at all the stuff going, man, we, can we do this? And I always say, man, we can't, and then God's dying goes, God's already got it. Like, yeah, I say, every time I say it can't, it just happens anyway. So um, but I'm just telling you, it's really exciting. I honestly cannot wait. If they're back, they can hear me back in the kids' area. We love you back in the kids' area, by the way. There's going to be a cheer down the hallway. <laughs> yes, I get to go to church. Um, so anyway, we're in the fourth part of a message series called Mastermind. You change your mind, you change your thinking. Man, I love this song we just sang, Resurrecting, just about giving our cares to God. Just about we don't have to live a life of worry, that we can trust him with everything. And so today we're going to jump into our thinking. We can change the direction of our life just by changing the way we think because our life is always moving the direction of our strongest thoughts. You can't have a positive life with a negative mind. What comes in your mind comes out in your life. So today we're going to end our series. We've been talking about uh, the Apostle Paul and how he was wrapped up in prison and chains because he was called to preach the gospel and God threw him a curveball. And I'm just going to give you a little advice. Uh, God throws curveballs. And so in prison, he writes, almost, probably waiting for his execution, he writes one of the most joy-filled letters in the Bible, the book of Philippians. So I want to check out what he says. He says, this, do not be anxious about anything. 
Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God. Somebody say the peace of God. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, and what else? It will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think, 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 think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Man, we're going to put what we hear into practice. Not just here's the word, but also we're going to do it. And it says the peace of God will be with you. So today, today's message title is the peace of God. So I don't know how many people like me would say occasionally I have runaway thoughts. Squirrel. Squirrel. You know what I'm talking about? Your thoughts just kind of go. Maybe you get on the worry bus a little bit, and all of a sudden you just start going, and all of a sudden you're just freaking out about everything in life. you got a little bit of anxiety going on. I don't know about you. A couple months ago, my truck got stolen. Maybe uh, if you stole my truck, I forgive you. Um, never found out who did that. <laughs> Somebody did that. So my truck got stolen in the middle of my driveway in the middle of the night a couple months back, and then it got returned like a block over. So I'm like, I guess they needed to you know, borrow my truck for a move a couch or something, you know. And then a few weeks back, There was this guy, apparently, that was in my backyard. I didn't see this myself, but it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. He had like a flashlight, looked around my backyard, like looking on my deck, doing some stuff. And then uh, my neighbor, uh, he is like on point. He had noticed this guy had like kind of lapped our neighborhood a few times and got dropped off by a lady. And so he's in my backyard. And then then he calls the police and the police are kind of putting him a little fit. Like, this isn't a big deal. He's like, it's a big deal. And so the police came out and actually arrested the next block over. And so, uh, and another lady that dropped him off, he was on parole, long story short, it's like, they were not there to like, you know, give me a high five and I love Jesus, you know? So I'm like, I'm like looking around, like, what guy stole in my backyard? Like, how do you even get in the backyard? What is going on here? And so for me, like at night, you hear that noise, you know? And all of a sudden, like, I grab my lamp like a nunchuck, you know what I'm saying? Like the worry train's going, like, I'm freaking out, like I'm wondering what's going to happen. And so I'm going to go out there and like beat down somebody, right? That's like my first, my first call. And maybe for you, like, maybe you have on the worry bus, like, maybe you're, like, in high school and, like, maybe in college, like, man, my grades, man, I got to study. I got good grades. If I don't get good grades, and I won't graduate, I won't graduate, I won't find a dream job, I won't find a dream job, man, I'm not going to find my spouse, I'm not going to find my family, I want kids. But then you're like, man, I will have kids, I don't have kids. And then you start freaking out, like, man, they got to go to school, but the school, like, it's, like, full of drugs and sex and rock and roll, you know, all these, like, violent things that happen at school. I'm freaking out, like, man, I got to pay for their car one day. You're like 18 right now, thinking about being 35 or 40, you know, maybe 50. I gotta start saving for college, but I still gotta pay for my college. I'm gonna pay for college, so I'm gonna die. Like, how's that gonna work out? And then your brain starts hurting, you start freaking out. All of a sudden, you're like, I got brain cancer, I'm gonna die. <laughs> Come on now, who's tracking with me? Anybody like that? Get a little worried? Dude, my wife, she does this to me sometimes. She has that, like, find my, my, find my iPhone thing going on, you know, which basically means she's a stalker. And so <laughs> I go to the bank one day, and it's supposed to take like 45 minutes. And I get there, and like right before I pull in the bank, it's like, whoop, 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 whoop. he's like, man, my truck's got like a flat tire. Something's going on. The truck's kind of leaning over. So I get out, and man, it's like almost all the way gone. I'm like, man, I might be able to make it to the gas station. And it's one of those pumps that takes a credit card. Come on, like you couldn't give free air. Like we need air to blow our tires up, man. Like be generous here. So I'm doing the card. Well, low, I mean, long story short, I'm paying like thirty dollars to fill my tire. And so I get this tire going. My phone is dead. And so I keep like, you know, can I make it to the next gas station? Because I can hear it licking out bad. And so I just gas station at home, right? And finally get home. It's like three hours later. And Diane at this point is like freaking out. She thought I died. I mean, she was planning my funeral. Like who was going to speak at it? All this stuff. She was cashing in life insurance. I mean, she had the paperwork up. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. She was worried about everything. Like you're gone. You're gone. Anybody like that? Just a little crazy, right? Sorry, babe. <laughs> anyway, maybe your life is full of worry. Maybe your life is just in your mind, your anxiety. So this previous week, we talked about this. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. 
It's always been that direction. If you're full of fear, you're full of anxiety, you're full of worry, you're full of guilt, man, it's going to drive that direction. It's going to compound and compound and compound and get worse and worse. And so why does our mind do this? You know, God designed the mind a certain way. And so in the mind, there's this little tiny almond-shaped thing called the amygdala. Somebody say amygdala. Damn, that's a good one, isn't it, amygdala? I know some of you are thinking like water boy, like medulla oblongata. You know what I'm saying? Medulla oblongata. I love that thing, you know. (laughs) I love you guys. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's okay. It's not spiritual at all. All right. But the amygdala, this is totally different, so I don't know why I said that. But the amygdala, man, it just, it just kicks in gear. Like when you're afraid, like when something's going to feel it's going to be hurtful or dangerous, man, it just gives you a shot of adrenaline. All of a sudden, you're going to just jump in and go crazy. And so what this may look like, can I illustrate this? This last week, I was hanging out with my buddy Drew. You might know Drew. Um, <laughs> it's like a boo, but it's like Drew. I like that. Drew, Drew. So I'm with Drew. We go to Lowe's. And... Um, and just kind of randomly, okay? And uh, so he's in my truck. We climb back in there, and he starts talking about stuff. And, and all of a sudden, the spider starts crawling up his belly and chest. And I'm just in that moment, like, do I punch him? <laughs> or do I tell him, you know? <laughs> it's like, man. So I'm like, hey, Drew, Drew, Drew. Man, there's a spider crawling up you. I'm like, I should have punched him. Because he goes, ah! <laughs> He starts hitting himself. Oh, man. So I did punch him. <laughs> And then I punched the spider. So, <laughs> anyway, so he, his amygdala kicked in, man. He's like fear, like fright. Like, it's, a spider. It's, it's like a quarter, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's a little tarantula. Anyway, so what happens? Your, your amygdala is not objective. You have no objectivity. When you have fear, you have fright, you have worry, it's just going to happen. Like, it doesn't think at all. So your prefrontal cortex has to use some logic and actually just tell the amygdala, hey, you should not be afraid right now, or, hey, keep being afraid. And so I wake up in the middle of the night, and I'll see you hear that little ruckus going on, and you're like, I mean, I got my, I'm in my skibbies, you know, and I'm running around with my lamp, I'm looking for to punch something, and all of a sudden my prefrontal, prefrontal cortex goes, dude, it's the cat. <laughs> okay, next stop, prefrontal cortex, what am I going to do with that cat? <laughs> something I should have done a long time ago. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're all cat lovers. Amen. Yes, some of you. All right, so the, so the amygdala is pre-programmed. Some of you guys have pre-programmed your life in unhealthy ways. Some of us are just driven by fear. We've never told ourselves different. Never said logically, like, hey, let's trust God over that fear. Like, that fear just, just drives me, drives me, drives me anxiety. You're waking up at 2 in the morning. You can't go back to bed. You're thinking about that worry, that stress, that financial problem, that marriage issue. I mean, it's just over and over and over again. And you let that thing just drive you crazy. And I want to tell you what Jesus didn't say, what the Bible doesn't say in Scripture. Jesus did not say, let your heart be troubled. <laughs> That'd be a good verse, wouldn't it? Let your heart be troubled. Let your life be full of anxiety and fear and disappointment and doubt. Let, let it drive your life. But say he said, do not let your heart be troubled. You think about the angel that came before Jesus and he said this, or he didn't say this, glory to God in the highest, stress and anxiety on earth. <laughs> That'd be a terrible wish, wouldn't it? But so, so many of us have that, right? But they say he said, peace on earth. You know, Paul's about to go to prison to his own execution. He's sitting in probably the worst spot he's been in his life from a human standpoint. And he says these words, be anxious about nothing. Be anxious about nothing. He had every reason to be anxious. Like I might go into execution any moment now, but hey, you know what? Don't be anxious about it. It's all good. God has got this. What an incredible thought. So here's what Paul's saying to us. Don't freak out about your big test. Amen. Don't be anxious about your job interview. Don't be anxious about your future. I know you're worried, like, am I getting to college? Is this going to work out? I know you're freaking out. There's, like, am I getting married? You're looking around the room like, nope. <laughs> no candidates. You start praying. That's why you invite people out to these second gathering. You know, just, Lord, send me somebody single, ready to mingle, you know. Um, whatever. Don't be anxious about anything, right? Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, somebody say every situation. Every situation. 
every situation, your financial burden, your battle with addiction, your marital issues, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, what do we do? Present a request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. I love this. I love this. Will guard your hearts. Man, the peace of God, the peace of God will be on guard in your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. What a powerful verse. So don't be anxious in anything. In every situation with prayer, the peace of God will supernaturally guard your hearts and minds. One incredible thing that we can experience. So how do we experience this? How can we experience the peace of God in life? And it's the pathway of prayer. Today we're going to just dive into the pathway of prayer. With prayer, the peace of God can guard your heart and mind. You know, for most of us, we say this, man, prayer is our last resort. You ever heard somebody say, man, all we can do now is pray. I'm sure God's like sitting over heaven like, that's it. That's all you can do is trust me now, you know. It's like, it's all down to me. I don't know if it's going to work out for you. All you can do is just trust in what I can do for you. That's not how it happens, is it? Like so many offense, he's our last resort, but he should be our first offense. Like God's like, hey, call on me, man. I got this. It may, not, it may not happen on this side of eternity, but guess what? I am God. I created you. I spoke you existence. I am in control. Nothing happened. I'm never surprised. I'm seldom early, but I'm never late. Make a guarantee that I've got this. You can trust me with it. And that's the power of prayer in our life. So many times we pray, we think, man, what's prayer going to change? I'm going to tell you something. Not only does it get the, the heart of God, but it also changes you. Like literally changes you from the inside out. That we're not just going to hear the word of God. We're going to pray and say, God, change me from the inside out. And I want you to check this out. This is amazing. A few decades ago, neurologists used to think that the brain stayed the same. Like once you're out of adolescence, which is scary to think the brain stays the same after you're 18, right? <laughs> what did I learn at 18, right? Um, but scientists say now the brain continually learns and evolves. It's called neuro neuroplasticity. Like the brain's continually growing. We've talked about this. You create a path. You think that thought over and over and over again. We talked about this idea. But this idea of neurotheology, where people have tied together the brain and belief in God. Like, how does it affect things? I want you to check out what this lady says, this doctor says. Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she's the author of Switch on Your Brain. She says this, it has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over just eight-week period of time can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. Isn't that crazy? I mean, no scientists in the house. I mean, I'm just telling you, that's crazy to me, right? Like, literally, you tell me I can pray for two months, and all of a sudden, you can see my brain literally being rewired. I mean, come on, this is the gospel. I don't know if some of you guys are like, I don't know if I believe that. Read the book, okay? You know, she's throwing it out there. But prayer doesn't just touch the heart of God. It changes us, like literally changes our minds. So when you pray to God, you're changing who you are. You know, if you think toxic thoughts, thoughts guess what your brain's going to do? It's going to turn toxic, right? You start praying to God, you start trusting God, you start giving things over to God. Guess what happens? Your brain, you start having this, this guard of the peace of God in your life. So why do we worry? Why do we panic? Why do we freak out? Why, why do we do all this crazy stuff and drive ourselves insane and, and start waking up for hours on end, night after night after night? You know, in, in, the, in the world, they say your amygdala has got hijacked. Like, you're just going to be afraid. You start getting afraid and you just go down that path. And Paul says it all differently. Paul talks about sin nature. Paul says our mind is taken over by the things of the world. Matter of fact, he says worry, you to say this, that worry is a sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. Instead of letting the spirit rule in your life, instead of having the peace of God, we're trying to do it in our own power, in our own strength, in our own season, in our own way. And so Paul says this, he's got to tell you, take the logical part of your brain and choose to tell your brain to trust Jesus. Like you literally have to be in that situation and say, God, I trust you with my marriage. I'm going to give this to you. God, I don't understand why this isn't working out, but God, you can have it. Like it's not my power, it's you, God. I can't control this. It is on you. And I love what he says in Romans 8. He says, there are those that are dominated by sinful nature. What do we do? We think about sinful things. Isn't that kind of crazy? Those who are dominated by sinful things think about sinful things, that your thinking leads to your actions. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think. They think differently. They think on the things that please the Spirit. 
So let your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the, sin, or the spirit control your mind leads to what? I love this. Letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace, amen? amen? That we can choose God. We can choose God in our mind. The battle is won and lost long before we actually go to the battle. We choose it in our mind. So if you want to change your thinking, man, take captive every single thought. Destroy every stronghold. Demolish every pretension that sets itself against the things of God. We can choose through the power of God through the Spirit's leading to get out of anxiety. Amen? Am I preaching to somebody today? Need some less anxiety, less stress, less worry. Maybe the shame, the guilt, the insecurity, the fear that drives us so often. And it leads us into two things I think we all want. Life and peace. So I believe this, it's time to exchange our big worries for a bigger God, amen? amen? Like there's a bigger God than that stress. I know you think your stress and that problem you're gonna face is so big, but we gotta get a different view. We gotta view that thing a little smaller because in light of the power and the presence of God and the promises of God, guess what? That thing is just a little shadow in the cross, amen? That thing is not powerful over you. That thing does not control you. That thing to decide your life. Like, we decide our life by the power of Christ. So how do we do this? And I believe this is super practical. I got one simple little thing, and I believe this could really work for you. You got to create something called a God box. So get, like, a little shoe box. Get whatever kind of box. Just put it up on your dresser and just name it. This is my God box. You don't have to write on there, okay? But you just know it's my God box. Put a little hole in it, all right? And every time you worry about something, maybe you got a kid that's just kind of run away from God. You just can't control it. It's, it's eating you apart inside just write that on there and put a little note and just stick it in the God box. Maybe you have a financial issue and you're just like, man, I, can't, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm, I'm doing the math. Excel and Jesus don't work together sometimes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're like, dude, this thing can work out. And so you're looking at this like, hey, I'm going to give it to God. So I'm going to put it in the God box. And when you do that, you're taking a moment of faith. You're saying, hey, God, I trust you with this problem. Maybe there's a, a relationship. Maybe there's a girl, a girlfriend. Maybe there's a boyfriend. Maybe there's a marriage issue. You say, hey, look, I'm putting this in the box. God, I trust you with it. This is yours. I give it to you. I can't control it. I've done all I can do. Take this from me. And then they just go about your life, right? It's just that simple. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. So then you go about your life. You do your thing. And all of a sudden, you feel like, hey, you know what? I'm worried about this. I'm waking up two in the morning. I'm stressing out. I'm freaking out. Well, go back to your box. Like literally go to your box and pull out that little piece of paper and take it and tell Jesus like, hey, you know, I don't trust you with this. I believe we have to do that because we don't actually know we're doing that. Like we don't actually know we're taking away the power of God from him and putting it on ourselves. We don't know that we're, we're, not, we're trying to control our life instead of Jesus controlling our life. We pull that back out of there. And so every time, I think it's such a practical thing for you if you're in a struggle just to give it back to God. It's so easy to say, I surrender at the cross and then walk out of church and be like, thank you. <laughs> carry that burden. Jesus don't, want to carry your, Jesus don't want you to carry that burden around. Matter of fact, the Bible says, cast your cares on Jesus because he cared for us, amen? Like your yoke is easy and your burden is light because Jesus is carrying your yoke. Jesus is carrying your burden. Jesus has got your back. Jesus can help you through the circumstance, and your, the circumstance you're in. You'll say, well, this is way too simple. It's just way too simple. I mean, that's maybe the beauty of it. But I believe this, there's three things you should know about this. One is this, there's three buckets in life. The first thing is, there's things in your life you do control. There's things in your life you do control and you should do all your due diligence. You should do all your hard work. You should do all your, you can to honor God with things you control. But the things you can't control, guess what? You gotta give it to Jesus. You gotta give it to Jesus. There's things in life you control. You control your words. You control your work ethic. You control your character, your choices. The things you eat, you control following the doctor's orders, studying, staying or having a budget, stay home budget, right? Like we can control those things. And with that, we say, hey, I'm gonna honor God. I'm gonna do all I can. I'm gonna do what it takes. I'm gonna do my due diligence. I'm gonna do everything I can to honor God with what I have and the rest is yours. The second thing is this, there's another bucket in life, the things we influence. 
There's relationships around us. Maybe you have a boss that's just like, man, this isn't working out. Maybe you're in a relationship, maybe even your spouse. You can't control your spouse. I know some of you guys try, right? <laughs> but you can't do it. But you can influence that person. You can influence the organization. You can influence the opportunities around you. And those things, you say, I'm gonna do my due diligence. I'm gonna honor those people. I'm gonna speak highly of those people. I'm gonna build those people up. I'm gonna care for those people. I'm gonna serve those people. I'm gonna honor God with this relationship, do all I can to lead up the organization and care for people. And that's all you can do. The third bucket is the things you can't control. This is why I think sometimes we get stuck in this bucket. We just kind of just get in that cycle and we just get depressed and we get anxious and we get worried, we get fearful. We can't control what our kids do. We can't control the kids run away from home on that. We can't, we can't control what somebody said about us. We can't control what somebody posts on Facebook. We can't control a, a, a breakdown. We can't control some financial burdens. We can't control health issues. We can't control that, but what we can do is say, God, take this from me. God, I trust you with it, amen. God, I'm gonna put that in that box. I'm giving it to you. This isn't mine to control. God, I've done everything I can on my part. I know I'm in prison. I know I'm in chains. I don't think this is gonna work out on this side, but you know what's gonna work out on that side? Because you're gonna get glory for it. So I'm gonna give my life. I'm gonna pour it out as an offering to you. Matter of fact, we don't even just give God our worries. We give God our best, amen. Like, I'm not gonna just give my problems. I'm gonna say, you know, God, I have a life. I have a life. I'm gonna give you my best in my life. Every week, I'm gonna be in church. Every week, I'm gonna witness to people. Every week, I'm gonna be generous. When there's an opportunity in front of me, I'm gonna serve somebody. God, this, my, my life's about you. God, I want this to be my story. At the end of my day, I don't want people to know my name. I don't want to know my church name. I want to know your name, amen? And so I'm gonna give my very best, my time, my talent, my mind, my intellect, everything I can to make my creativity, to push the, na the name of Jesus and famous name of Jesus across the earth. I'm not just worried about the worries. I'm gonna write down the box like, God, you can have me. God, you can take what I've got. You can take my best. You can take my education, my career path, anything you want. I'm gonna give it to you. God, do what you want. I'm willing to go if you want me to go, amen? So the question is this this morning, do you like the direction your thoughts are taking you? Some of you guys are so wound up in anxiety and fear. And your life is moving that direction. Do you like the direction your life is taking you? Some of you guys, man, I'm going well, man. I'm trusting God with stuff, man. That's awesome. But if you're like me, I got kind of tired of kind of on my own path. It was getting kind of hard. You're kind of fighting uphill. You never feel like you can make it. And I was doing stuff in my own power and my own strength. And I learned in ministry, and I learned this is for everybody. It's not just for people in ministry, like on the stage, okay? But I learned this, not just to do the work of God, but to be the work of God, amen? Like God's gonna do more in you than through you. Like God wants to teach you something. I know your problem, you're like, man, if this problem wasn't here, then I'd be, no, 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 no. The problem is there to help you develop. The problem is there to shape you. The problem is there to get you to think differently. The problem is there so other people can see you in that problem. You say, even though I'm in this problem, God is bigger than my problem and you can serve a God just like me that can take you anywhere in life because he's worthy and he's trustworthy of my life. Man, so powerful. Even Paul today, we're talking about his life in chains and how it's influencing our life today. Here's what you gotta do. You gotta identify the truth, man. You gotta write it. You gotta confess it. You gotta say it until you believe it. There's truths in my life. I've talked about this. I said this, I'm not a victim of my circumstances. I'm gifted. I'm called, gifted, created to lead change and circumstances around me for what they are than what they could be. I'm creative, innovative, driven, focused, and blessed beyond my measure because the Holy Spirit dwells inside me. I'm disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Amen. Uncomfortable is my new comfortable. I rejoice in suffering because Christ suffered for me. My words and thoughts and imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take all my thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Maybe for you today, you can say this. You are not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not weapons of the world. You have divine power to demolish strongholds. Worry is not your master. Your trust is in God. His peace guards your heart, guards your mind, and guards your soul in Christ Jesus. I love this. You're not a slave to your habits. 
you can change. You're not a prisoner to your addiction. You've been rescued by the power from the power of darkness into the kingdom of light. Man, just listen. You can't control what happens to you, amen, but you can control how you frame it. You can control how you see it. The circumstances around your life don't determine the will of God, but the will of God determines the circumstances in your life. You define God by his goodness. God is in control of everything. And you bathe everything in prayer. You can take this to prayer and say, God, take this from me. God, take this relationship. I know this didn't work out, but God, take this. Take my finances. Take my life. God, you're going to bless me and use me. I love this verse. Not to be anxious in anything, but in everything. Prayer and petition. Present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Man, we're no longer slaves. We are set free by the power of God today. Father, we come before you. God, we thank you so much for who you are. God, I pray for the truth, God, to be driven in our lives that sets us free from the cross. God, I pray to renew our minds with the truth of Jesus. Hey, across this room, there are those of you who say, yes, I want some burdens to give to God. There's something heavy on my heart. There's a concern. There's a person. There's a thing. There's a relationship. There's a medical issue. Maybe there's a financial problem. Whatever it is, there's something weighing on your heart today. Today, I'm going to give it to my God box. I'm going to give it to Jesus this morning. So across this room, if you'd say, yes, there's something I need to hand over to God I can cast this care and this burden on him. Would you lift your hands high right now if that's you? There's something I can give to Jesus this morning. Amen. I got hands up all across the room. Father, I come before you, God. Thank you so much for, for people being set free today, God, from worry, from anxiety, from free. God, I pray you're for, uh, uh, free from sin. God, I pray that your divine peace, God, would rule in our hearts. God, I pray that we take every thought captive. God, I pray that we would think things that are holy, that are pure, that are admirable for you, God. I pray your minds today of your enormous power and presence that's so much bigger, God, than what we see. God, there's so much that we can't see that you're working behind the scenes. We know that scene hasn't changed yet. So God, we're gonna thank you in the storm. God, we're gonna give you our marriage. God, we're gonna give you our finances. God, we're gonna give you the things we struggle with. We know you're gonna tear down every stronghold that holds us captive. God, I pray you encourage us and strengthen us today. As we continue praying, there are those of you right now that maybe feel ashamed. Maybe it's something that happened in your past. Maybe you feel guilty for something you did in your past. Maybe you feel overwhelmed by the weight of the world. And for all of us today, God is calling us to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. It's called the gospel. That Jesus, the son of God, born of a virgin, he never sinned. In his perfection and holiness became sin on the cross and the perfect sacrifice for our forgiveness of sins. He died in our place and was slain for our sins and the sins of the world. And on the third day, he, was, he rose again. Why? so that anyone that includes you calls in the name of Jesus will be saved. Not just saved from your sin, but saved to make a difference in the world. So in this room, there are those you might feel guilty. You might be full of shame. You might be hurting. And God is going to give you a radical purpose name. He makes you brand new. He gives you a new name. He pulls you out of darkness into the truth of the gospel, into his light. He saves you from your sins. He fills you with the spirit and he gives you a God-sized purpose. So I'm going to ask you to step out in faith this morning, all across this room. Those of you who say, I need him today. Today by faith, I give my life to him. If that's your prayer, would you lift your hands high without anybody looking around and say, I need Jesus this morning. I see hands up across the room. Anybody else say, I need Jesus this morning. Another hand, amen. Anybody else say, I need Jesus. I'm gonna give my fear, I'm gonna give my anxiety to him today. By power cross, and may change. If you raise your hands, if that's a prayer you wanna pray and say, I need Jesus in my life, just pray this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me my sins. God, make me new. God, change me from the inside out. God, I wanna follow you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. God, I pray you take my anxiety and replace it with the truth of who you are. God, your power is stronger than mine. God, use me. God, give me a purpose. And ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, real life, would you stand to your feet? You'd give a big shout of praise for those who came to Christ today. Just lift up to the glory of God. So powerful, so encouraging what God's doing. Hey, we're singing another verse of resurrecting. I want you to think about these words. It is perfectly in line. God puts it together for this message. 
of being set free from the power of sin. I invite you guys to worship with us this morning. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.